0: Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Today is the second part of a sermon on decision-making, John is using the illustration of building a sandwich to describe the process. We heard last time that the first layer is to turn to God. And now we begin with the second layer. If you can, open your Bible to Proverbs chapter two as John continues his message, how to make a decision.
1: God expects us to do our homework so that we can make the best decision possible. Now, under this idea of doing your homework, I want to mention three things. If this were a normal sermon, these would be like three subpoints under do your homework. And the first thing is simply this: gather the facts. I've heard it said. I've always heard my dad say, most of the time when you're trying to make a decision, if you will gather the facts, the decision will make itself. It'll be obvious what you should do if you'll go through the process of gathering the facts. Now, look at this verse in Proverbs chapter 3. This is in the NIV now. Blessed are those who find wisdom and those who gain understanding. Now, notice this. We find wisdom, it's out there somewhere. We've got to go find it. And those who gain understanding, we have to go. We, in other words, the idea here is you have to pursue this. You have to gather the facts. You have to educate yourself and learn what you should do. And then the second thing we need to do in this doing our homework, not only do we seek to gather the facts and do research and learn, but we need to talk to others. Proverbs is, has, and we're going to look at some of them here, has lots of verses about the importance of getting counsel from others who know more than we do. Now, look in Proverbs chapter 11. I want us to look at several of these verses. In Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14, these are great verses to underline in your Bible if you don't already have them underlined. Proverbs eleven fourteen: 14, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But now watch this next phrase. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And so when you're trying to make a decision and you're in this, you've already prayed, and you're beginning to gather the facts but part of gathering the facts is talking to others and getting their insights remember this if if everybody you go to tells you that the decision you want to make is an unwise decision most likely it is not that would not be across the board that you could say that But most of the time, I have a friend, I went to college with with her and with her husband, and she always used to say this, and she still does. She said, you know, when you're trying to make a decision, everybody can't be wrong. I mean, everybody can't be wrong. If everybody you ask says no, 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 well, the odds are everybody can't be wrong. Again, I'm not saying there wouldn't be an isolated instance where you have to go against the flow. But here, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Now go to chapter 15, verse 22. A very, very similar verse, fifteen twenty-two. The Bible says this, without counsel, plans go awry. So you made your decision, but you didn't seek any counsel. You just thought you knew what to do. Well, the Bible says those plans are going to go awry. It's not going to work out. But in the multitude of counselors, they're established. Saying the same thing again. Now go to chapter 20 and verse 18. Let me let you find chapter 20. It's saying the same thing in a different way, but I want you to mark these verses. And in verse number 18, plans are established by counsel, by wise counsel, wage war. In other words, if you were the president of the United States, you would be foolish to go to war with another country if you didn't seek counsel from all the advisors within your administration. That that would be a, a foolish thing to do, by wise counsel wage your war. And then one other verse. Go to chapter 24 and in verse number six. It's interesting to me how many of these verses are so similar. And this, this one is, uh, is, is very similar to the others. In chapter 24 and verse six, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And so just enough verses there to make the point That part of the decision-making process, we've got this decision sandwich. We turn to God. Now we're doing our homework, and we're thinking here about the importance of talking to others, especially those who are more experienced in that area, more knowledgeable than we are. We're trying to gain wisdom from them. Now, it's interesting. I came across a passage uh, over the weekend in 1 Kings chapter 12. We're going to look at the verse in just a second. But in this particular passage, Solomon has died. You remember you have Saul was the first king of Israel, and then then David, and then David's son Solomon. And in chapter 12, now Solomon has died, and his son Rehoboam is becoming the king of of the nation. And so he's trying to figure out what kind of leader he's going to be. Now remember, his dad has built this magnificent temple in Jerusalem. I mean... I mean, it it was just absolutely amazing. I mean, Solomon reigned during the golden age of Israel. Rehoboam's grandfather was David. I mean, he was a man after God's own heart. He wrote many of the Psalms. And so here comes Rehoboam. He's thinking, man, my granddad's David. My father built this temple, Solomon. What kind of leader am I going to be? I need to kind of carve out my own identity. And so he went to the elders of Israel, some of the older men. And he said, listen, tell, give me some advice. What kind of leader do you think I should be? And here's what they said to him. They said, Rehoboam, if you will be kind to the people, if you will serve the people, if you will answer the people, if you will help the people, make yourself available to the people, the people will will respect you. They will love you. They will help you. They will follow you. They will allow you to be the leader. And so we're advising you to let your administration, the hallmark of your administration should be service and kindness and a listening ear to the people. Well, you would just think Rehoboam would have said, well, the elders have spoken. That's what I need to do. Take their advice. Look at this. Uh, First Kings chapter 12 in verse 8. Notice what it says of Rehoboam. But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him. He didn't want to take their advice. What did he do? And consulted the young men who had grown up with him who stood before him. In other words, after those elders told him what to do, he didn't like that. He thought, if I'm a, he thought, if I'm a servant, and if I'm kind, and I'm trying to help people like that, people are going to think I'm weak, and they need to know I'm strong. And so he went to his buddies who he had grown up with and gone to school with, and he said, Hey, the elders said I should do this. What do you guys think I should do? They said, Salt. They said, Rehoboam, here's what you need to do. You need to say to everybody, If you guys think my father was a tough leader, I want you to know that my little finger is stronger and bigger than his waist. And you think he was tough? You haven't seen anything yet. And they were basically saying to him, Assert yourself, Rehoboam. You show them who's boss, you show them who's the leader. And Rehoboam went with the advice of his his buddies instead of the advice of the elders, and it cost him greatly in his administration. One aside I would make here. When we're seeking advice, again, this is not absolute. There would be exceptions to this. But as a general rule, you are wise to seek the advice of people who are older than you and who are more experienced than you, as opposed to somebody. In other words, if you're 20 years old, and you're trying to make a decision, and all you do is ask your 20-year-old friends, nothing wrong with being 20 years old. I wish I was 20 years old. But if all you do is ask your 20-year-old friends, you're just getting the perspective of them, and they don't have any more perspective than you. They haven't lived any longer than you have. I heard Adrian Rogers say this one time, one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard. He said, remember this. An old person has been young, but a young person has never been old. And in a day in which youth You know, when I was coming up, and I was a teenager, and I was in my 20s, I was taught, and I tried to respect my elders. There's a generation coming up now that not only does not respect their elders, they don't even care about, they they don't even maybe have any elders. The whole thing now is youth, 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 young, 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 youth. And I'm just saying, when we're seeking advice, if all we do is seek the advice of people who only have our perspective, we shouldn't even seek their advice. We already know what they know. But if we'll go to somebody, and if they're not older, in years, at least they're more experienced. They've been down this road, and they know more than we do about the situation. So we want to take the time to talk to others and learn what they think. And then the next thing I would say is we're doing our homework. Take your time. As a general rule, hasty decisions are bad, and... Slow, methodical, deliberate decisions are good. Look at this, phrase, this part of a verse, one of my favorites, in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Look at this verse. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Say that with me. Whoever believes will not act hastily. What's that mean, whoever believes? In other words, whoever believes, whoever is trusting in God and, and believing that God is going to give wisdom, that God is going to make the decision clear. God, I don't know what to do, but I'm seeking you, and I'm seeking counsel, and I'm doing my homework, and I'm taking my time, and God, I believe that you're going to somehow make it clear to me what I should do, and so as a result of that, I'm not going to act hastily. Remember this, friend, we should always be one step behind God, never one step ahead of God. You never want to get into a relationship with God where you say, God, follow me. This way, God, this way. And God, as I'm making all these decisions, bless me. No. You want to be behind God. Now you don't want to be too far behind, but you want to be behind God and you want to say, God, show me what to do. You lead me and I'm going to follow because if I'll follow you, I know that is the way of blessing. And so whoever believes will not act hastily. I do realize some decisions have to be made quicker than others. We don't always have six months to make a decision. I understand that. But the principle remains, whoever believes will not act hastily. And so if you're You're making it. You're forced to make a decision, or it's and you're feeling rushed by that. I would encourage you to back off and to buy yourself some time and not make a decision that hastily. Now you still listen, say Amen. Everything I have said up until this point in my life, I'm not going to say I've done this on every single decision, but on every major decision that I have ever made in my life. Certainly in my adult life, I have gone through that process. I can't think of any major life decision that I made without turning to God and without doing my homework. I can't think of any decision I made without doing that. But recently, I learned something that I had never even, I don't, I, maybe I've done it some and maybe I've never, but I never even thought about it. If I did it, I just did it without thinking about it. But remember, this sandwich has three parts. The third part, now this was what was new to me. I've never thought about this, and God God taught me this very recently. The third part, turn back to God. You see, when we turn to God the first time, we're turning to God for wisdom. God showed me what to do, who to talk to, how to gather the facts. God show me what to do. We go through the doing the homework process, but when we turn back to God, what are we doing? We're turning back to God, not just for wisdom, but we're turning back to God for peace. And we're saying to God, in essence, now God, I started with you. I've asked for wisdom. I've gone through this process of doing the homework and trying to know what decision I should make? But th- I'm saying this is a new, revel- very new revelation to me from the Lord. It is so important to go back to God and say, God, I've gotten my research, I've done my research, I've gathered the facts. Here's what everybody has said. This is what I think I should do. I think all the arrows are pointing in this direction, God. But here's what I'm asking: I'm going to get, I'm going to get quiet before you, and I'm going to wait and see what you say. Now, you say, what do you mean? What God, is God going to tell you what to do? Yes, he is. How is he going to tell you? However he wants to. He may, he may audibly speak to you and say, do this, don't do that. More than likely, he won't do it audibly, but he could. He may speak to your heart and lead you in that way. More than likely, the way God's going to lead you and the way you're going to know what to do, if it's God's will, as you turn back to God and sit before him, he will give you peace if it's what he wants you to do. And in the absence of peace, you should not proceed forward. But the point is, we turn back to God. Now, I want to show you a couple of verses. In 2 Samuel 7, 18, then King David went in and sat before the Lord. Notice it doesn't say King David went in and and prayed. King David went in and talked before the Lord. No. The, The image we have here, King David went in and he sat before the Lord in silence. He didn't say anything, or he said very little. And as he sat before the Lord, he was there, why? To meditate, to think, and to listen with his heart to see if he would have peace. Now, remember what I said. If that decision you're thinking about making is of God, if it is God's will, when you put the bottom part of this sandwich together, and you go back and you turn back to God, if it's of God, He's going to give you peace. Colossians 3.15, a great verse in the New Testament. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. But the first part of that verse is the key. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And we've talked about that verse before. That word rule literally means to be the umpire. What does the umpire do in a baseball game? This is baseball season. Astros having a great season. What does the umpire do? The, the umpire makes the final decision. In other words, here's a pitcher, and he's throwing the ball, and it's coming in. And as soon as that pitcher lets it go, he's thinking, man, that's a strike. That's right down the middle. That batter's at home plate, and he's looking at that pitcher. I mean, that's low and outside. I'm not going to swing. The catcher catches the ball. The, bat, the pitcher's saying, I know it's a strike. The batter's thinking, that's low and outside. That's a ball. If it were left to the two of them, they never could decide it. A, a baseball game would take even longer than it does now. And it takes a long time now. So what did Major League Baseball do? They employed an umpire. They said to the umpire, Mr. Umpire, look, this pitch has come in. The pitcher thinks it's a strike. The batter thinks it's a ball. They're not in agreement. So we need you as the umpire to make the final call. And whatever you say it is, is what it is. The umpire says, that's a strike. He says, it's a strike. Better than like it, but it's still a strike. Whatever the he makes the final call. Now, what is Paul saying in Colossians 3? He said, in life, you've got to make lots of decisions. 35,000 a day. Most of those are not big decisions, but some of those decisions have consequences. They're, they're more major decisions. And so, what do you need? You need, after you have gathered the facts, after you have talked to others, After you have used the mind that God gave you, you've gone through the process. You've even asked God for wisdom. But what you need to do is turn back to God, join David in sitting before the Lord. Don't get in a hurry because he who believes will not act hastily. And as you're sitting and waiting before the Lord, here's what you're waiting to discern. Do I have peace or do I feel uneasy about it? That's how God's going to give you the last word. And it is God's peace or the lack thereof that should lead you to make the decision. Now, I mentioned that i learned this very recently, and I have. I was trying to make a decision about something. It was not what you would call a major life decision, but there was some money involved in that decision, not, not tons of money, certainly. It was some, the, the amount of money I spent on this was somewhere between what you would spend on a hamburger and a new car, okay? I'm just going to tell you that, somewhere in that range. And it was closer to the hamburger range, but you could have bought a lot of hamburgers. I'll just say that for, for this amount. It was, it was probably about 20% of a new car. And so I'm, I'm, I'm making a decision. And so the first thing I did was I said, now, God, I mean, I just instinctively know to do that. I said, God, what do you want me to do? I know you know. God, show me what to do. Well, I, so I, I did that. I turned to God. And then I began to do my homework. I began to research it a little bit. I began to talk to others who knew more than I did. I did my research. I took not all the time in the world. I took as much time as I could possibly take pretty much in that situation. And after I had done my research and I was just using my own mind, I thought, well, you know, all the arrows are pointing in this direction. And so I made the decision. But I made the decision without turning back to God to see if he was going to give me peace or a restless spirit. You say, John, how did the decision work out? Well, I think the decision is going to probably work out fine. I don't, it's, again, it's not a major decision. It's not going to affect my life really one way or the other. But I'll tell you the greatest thing for me about that experience was that I learned something about making a decision that I didn't already know. I learned that God's peace Not my own gut feeling, not what somebody else says, not what I've read or learned. God's peace must get the last word. And you say, John, had you gone back to God and sat before the Lord for 30 minutes or an hour or a day or two, and had you waited to have gotten that peace, do you think you would have gotten it? And you know the answer to that question? I'll never know. I don't have any idea because the decision was already made. But I'm telling you, through that experience, and that's why I'm preaching this sermon today, I learned one of the greatest lessons that I've ever learned in all my life. After we've turned to God, God, show me what to do. After we've done our homework, we need to turn back to the Lord, and we need to say, God, I've done what I've done. I've done what you've taught me in Scripture to do. But I want to do all of what you've taught me in Scripture to do. I'm coming back with David, and I'm sitting before you for a day or two or an hour or two or however much time you can, and God, I'm going to just wait, and I'm going to see if I have peace or if I don't have peace. And if I have peace to do what I think everybody's telling me to do and what I think ought to do, then I'm going to go with that, but I'm going with that because you've confirmed it with peace. But God, for the sake of the argument, if I get restless and don't have peace about this, even though all the arrows are pointing in this direction, if I don't have peace, I'm not following the arrows. I'm following the peace. And I'm not going to do anything that I don't feel peaceful about. And so, as I've said before, one of the things I love about Proverbs, it is the most practical book in the Bible. And I encourage you, you know, as you go from here today and maybe get home with your husband or wife or your kids or your, whoever, And you're thinking and talking about a decision. Remember this decision sandwich. Turn to God. God, give me wisdom. Do your homework. And then turn back to God and see whether or not he gives you that peace. And then follow the peace wherever it leads. Amen. Father, help us to make not just good decisions. Because the decision I just made, I think, was probably a good decision But I just don't know. I'm not convinced, and I'll never really know if it was your will. But God, help us not just to make good decisions. Help us to make spirit-led decisions. And help us to put that decision sandwich together, knowing that if any of those pieces are not on the sandwich then that sandwich is not ready to be eaten and that decision is not ready to be made. Now, with your head bowed and eyes closed, some of you today are thinking, man, I'm glad I came to church. I needed some help on making a decision. And Proverbs has told me how to do it. Would you ask God for wisdom? Would you ask God to show you how to do your homework? Who to talk to? What to read? And would you ask God to confirm His will with the presence of peace, or if it's not his will, to just make you a little bit restless, a little bit uneasy, a little bit nervous, and you follow the peace or you follow the lack of peace. You just let God lead you in the appropriate way. Now, some are here today, and and, and you have a decision to make. I wanted to say in my sermon today that sometimes in life we make good decisions, sometimes we make bad decisions, sometimes we get it right, sometimes we get it wrong, But, friend, there's one decision that we can't afford to mess up on, and that is the decision of our soul. What will we do with Jesus Christ? Every Sunday we give this invitation, and many at this point say, well, I've already made that decision, and you have. And others, they make a decision to get saved. Others, they make a decision not to get saved. And others make a decision to make the decision later, to postpone it. And to delay it. And when they make that decision, what they're really saying is, no for now. Maybe later, but no for now. And I'm telling you, friend, you are literally playing with fire when you do that. There's one decision that needs to be made immediately. It needs to be made now, 2 Corinthians 6. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. If you're not sure that you're saved today, don't leave this room like that. Pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, the greatest decision that I could ever make is a decision to be saved. And so I ask you now to come into my heart, forgive my sins and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me and I trust you to do it.
0: Amen. For those of you who have prayed to receive Christ as your Savior today, we would love to know about it and to rejoice with you in your decision. Please let us know about your new life in Christ by emailing us at info at peacebybelieving.org or by calling 1-800-337-0157. If you are a new believer in Jesus Christ, we encourage you to get plugged into a strong Bible-believing church in your area and to tell your family and friends about how Jesus has changed your life. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.